hello. Hello there. Do you recognize this voice by any chance? <laughs> y- yes, I do. So should I say it again? Um <laughs> <laughs> No, I I definitely do. I definitely do. How in the world are are you? Uh, I'm 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 okay. Yeah, I I just decided. You know, it would be really funny if uh, I you know if we did another four year gap between. Uh, <laughs> I um, mean, you know, actually, look at the you know looking at the calendar. It's 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 been about four years, and you know, I this I it's entirely my fault. I'm I'm sorry I vanished. Um, no, it's don't. I mean, don't start. You know, that's it's okay. I, I, um, I mean, I, I mean, I really don't want to start. I, but I, I did, you know, I, I, I did kind of wonder. Remember, we were kind of gearing up to make plans to uh, go, yep. go to Trapper, um, yep. and just kind of figure out what was going on with that. And then, um, I had some things going on as well. But I, but I did try to get in. I, get in touch and I um I wasn't successful I, I I mean I really did just think that maybe you kind of lost interest or or the time didn't it didn't turn out to be a good time for you either I mean I I don't I don't want you to uh <laughs> start off this conversation apologizing or thinking that I'm angry because I am not it has been a long time and you know I there's reasons for things and I but I but I at the time I I I I was disappointed yeah I mean the logistics were about to be discussed right and uh, well the thing is um I got a little bit arrested um a little bit a little bit arrested a little bit and then there was there was some uh, bit of prison time. There was eleven months of prison, uh, and I I could have probably called or, or sent a message. It was just all you know. I was, yeah. I got arrested like three days after the last time we talked, and then it all went. Um, I don't know. We had a bit of a spiral. Uh, yeah, it was just. You know, I I taken this job at a restaurant through a friend of a friend, and it there were a couple of guys, a couple of partners in the restaurant and they eventually they, they, they had approached me about doing something. It was mostly white collar on my part, but they, they basically wanted to do an insurance job on their own restaurant because the restaurant was failing and they kind of needed someone to assist mostly from the computer aspect and setting this up. It was a, yeah, they didn't burn it down. They decided to flood the joints. Um, like I, I, I really wanted the money that they were offering. I just wanted it. I just wanted it to change, to be able to change things. And I took it and I was an idiot and it all went to hell pretty quick. We all sort of uh, folded under questioning, all of us equally. And uh, I didn't have really any significant money to have some kind of fabulous attorney or anything so but but i you know i i caved i i was i, I did okay I, I came out okay it was um 11 months i had to go i i don't um you know the things that you're saying i can i can i can definitely relate to that's one of the 
you know, one of the um, the quandaries, I think we all, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, if, if there was a, a, a situation where technically no one gets hurt, technically it's, it's, it's not really that big a deal. Yeah. The thing is, I uh, mean, I, I, I should have called because I knew, I, I, you know, I knew that you were someone who, who could, could kind of understand like the temptations that start to crop up when you're just, you know, you can't see uh, any really great way out of the financial stresses and I knew you would get it. So that's why I, I feel extra bad about not at least sending you a note, but it was, it was kind of a fascinating, I was going to jail for the first time in my life. It had no criminal record or anything like that. What I didn't think about was, you know, the administrative aspects of, of going to prison. Like what am I going to do about my lease? What am I going to, what am I going to do about my utilities? I have so many questions about that because I think about those things because it happens to like, what do you, it happens to people. What do you do? Like in my, I don't know if this is at all accurate, but like, you know, in my mind from watching the shows, the stories, you know, I'm in my head, it's like, you get one phone call. Who do you like, who do you like, if say you call your, I don't know, your mom (laughs) or your, your sister and you say, so this thing has happened. I need you to help me to take care of some things, you know, but, but like, they don't necessarily even know what to like. So do they like call your landlord? Like what, like what is the actual, cause no one ever talks about. Yeah. The I mean, actual you you gotta, you gotta stop your mail. You gotta, fortunately I had plenty of time. I had time to sort all that out. You know, no, oh, you I was did. treated, treated pretty gently, I guess, as these things go. And it was a minimum uh, security thing way out in the middle of nowhere. But, uh, you know, in the beginning, it was really rough. I, I did not take to it well. I, you know, I kind of panicked. I was, I was very scared. I went into sort of communication lockdown, um, just trying to desperately keep my head down and just not go crazy. But it, and it, it was strange because as time went on, about, about the five-month mark, I started to realize that the worst was not going to happen to me. That all the scenarios you play out in your head were not going to come for me. It was, it was a little bit dicey sometimes. We were, we were in these, we were in these quads, this quad living situation. And at one point, uh, one of my roommates got sort of creepily obsessed with another one of the roommates, and it got kind of ugly. But really, that way, it, even that kind of strained itself out. And I began to talk to people in there, and I began to sort of carve out an existence that wasn't just pure desperation and fear. And, uh, you know, kind of the darkest moment in there was when it started to get time that I knew I was going to be let out. And I swear at one point I thought to myself, why, why would I want to leave? What prison did was it shrinks your decision space so dramatically that you don't, you don't have to think of, 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 of all these things that we think about, all these paths, like, what am I going to do about this? How am I going to do this? Should I go down this road? Should I, get, should I try this, this thing in life? I didn't have to think about those things for a while. And then they started rushing back in. That was actually maybe the toughest part was realizing that I, I had arrived at a place where I, was, I felt relatively safe in a strange way. But then, you know, I, so I got out and I, I just, for a long time, I just, I just didn't want to talk to anyone. I didn't want to talk to anyone about anything. And 
there was that question of, you know, who I, who am I now that I've, that this thing that I, that I got this low, that I did such a stupid thing. You know, I bought into the victimless crime thing because a couple of guys dangled some money in front of me. Like, who, who am I? I got free therapy through the state for a while, interestingly. And um, my guy would, would try to get me to talk about the whole episode with other people, a anyone and everyone, even like cashiers, you know, the, the guy at the post office, uh, to kind of normalize the experience, right? See it as just another episode in life, nothing, nothing to be ashamed of. But it wasn't working very well. I kept arcing down. I didn't stop being haunted by it all. But he was um he was a pretty smart guy and he made me realize something, you know. All my life it's been real easy to pick up and, and leave a situation or um a place before it got too hard or um it got too fraught or or humiliating i was able to keep sidestepping keep you know just running before anyone who really mattered could find me out you know see all my problems but then i went to jail and what that felt like was the whole world had found out who i was the whole world had come up to me and it put its mark on me permanently. Like now we all know what you are and it will be told far and wide. We are inscribing it into the pages of history. And that's been the part I, I still haven't been able to get past, I think. But you know, the days go on as as before. Gosh, I, one of one of the things you said a minute ago. That question, you know, what you are. That's quite. That's quite intense. Um, <laughs> Don't want to make make it sound like I, I called just to kind of spill uh, out this monologue. I mean, what what have what have, what have you been? No, you know, I, it's funny. I, I, you know, when I was going through all this, the last, I, I sometimes, a couple of times, I went on the internet and I looked you up to see if maybe you had published something new. Um, it's, it's. I know it's ridiculous. I should have just asked, but I, I don't know my headspace. But and I, you know, I didn't, I didn't spot anything. I, I was a little bit saddened by that, and I, I just kind of hoped you were, you were doing okay. Well, you know, gosh my head's kind of spinning. Um, I knew that, of course, you know, at the end of the day, there, there's some reason that, you know, I, I can't, um, but I really was kind of downplaying how disappointed I was um, at the time because it, it just seemed to me like another, it, it just seemed to me another instance where I come across people who say, who don't really mean what they say. Like they mean it in the moment, but they don't like really mean it, you know? And, um, and it, it just, uh, you know, it, it did kind of, you know, push me further along the, the kind of path of like, God is, is this just how things are? 
and and so I but then now I hear I hear this and I mean it makes sense and I I mean I I, I feel bad for feeling that but I but but there you know I, I I'm I feel like in a way I'm kind of um I'm kind of gently sort of mourning the fact that we didn't go on that trip but i but i don't know what like what do you do these things you know i don't know i i thank you for telling me that and i i had a an interesting uh set of experiences as as well it it's i, I guess it would be it was it was a couple years after uh the time you were i guess um you know, t taken away, as it were. Um, uh, so I, I had gone to, I'd gone to see some friends of mine. They were, they're old friends. Um, I, but I, they only live about an hour away, but I, you know, I mean, even, <laughs> even friends that you live very close to, you tend to, you know, I, I you can drift away pretty, pretty easily and uh, thoroughly without, really even intending to but I went to go visit them and uh, I remember you know like emailing them to you know and you know I, you know what I, I don't know I think I might take a weekend and come over and they agreed and it's th that it sounded good but they had um they might not be super energetic because they had just been um they'd just both been sick uh, and so I went I went to visit them and um they opened the door they had this kind of gray pallor so we just kind of hung around the 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 house and you know i remember we ate uh, we ate popcorn <laughs> we um had like um, some salad from their garden and potatoes that they they were getting into gardening and um you know we watched a terrible horror movie and it, you know uh, sort of giggled throughout it and it, it was great but it, so I went, I went, I went to bed and I, I was just going to, you know, maybe get up and have breakfast with them and then go to my uh, place. I had some things to do before, before work on, on Monday, uh, I had started a new job and I just, you know, but I felt really strange when I, when I woke up, I remember I slept very fitfully and I woke up and I went home and I, I did get really, really strangely sick. The first thing was I felt like, you know, and this isn't all that unusual, but like when you're getting sick with maybe a flu or something, how the first sign often is your skin gets very sensitive, you know, and then I noticed that I had a very like, like silvery taste in my mouth. I was having a lot of muscle twitches like your eye when your eye starts to twitch and then when just kind of something in like I don't know like your thumb or just some area where it just kind of starts to kind of flutter and twitch and you can actually visually kind of see it I just I was having that and I it almost seemed like there were things that I would normally eat that I was suddenly allergic to it it, it stuck around for quite a while and I was very concerned because I just started this job and um i you know i couldn't be missing a lot of it um you know <laughs> financially for myself and just it it just looks bad so you know that was a tough period but but i got through it i kind of just pushed through and then i uh you know i i talked to them a, a few weeks uh, later i i emailed them and 
And they told me that they they were also sick again. They had just kind of been ill. They said it was a little different um, this time, but they were both very fatigued and just were having these these terribly dark thoughts. You know, I asked, "Is there anything I can I can do?" And um, they said, "We can't really tell you exactly why right now, but if it's possible, if you could." Um, and if you could take care of our pets, there's something going on at the house. And anyway, I, I agreed. I mean, I'm allowed to have pets in my apartment, but I I drove down and I met them. They didn't want me to come to the house for some strange reason, and I didn't know why. Um, when I was able to really uh, talk with them when they were ready, something very interesting had happened. I there's Their son... I know he'd had some issues and some kind of troubles figuring out his path. You know, he had he'd started college and then he dropped out and then he um, came back and kind of got involved with this, um, this sort of this woman who was kind of a sort of a guru of sorts, this older woman. It was kind of a cult. <laughs> I'll just say it. Um, it or it seemed, it seemed to be. And he was very involved with them for a while. And, and then, he seemed to have broken with them. He'd had some sort of a falling out uh, with this woman. Anyway, he had when I was visiting, he had actually moved back in with them. Come to find out, he was actually poisoning them. I I, I think that I got some. I think that I ate something that he had tampered with, and then after you know I left, he moved back in. So he had almost like full kind of um, access to them. And they just had this this growing suspicion, and things just seemed to be getting stranger and and darker. And um, and all they could you know think about like okay, first let's just get the animals out of the house because you know so far they're fine, but like I you know we just have this feeling that we just want them to be safe, and then we can try to figure out ourselves what's going on with our with our son. He he's now he's now in prison. I mean, not only was I there for, you know, the the birth of this of this child, I, I was there for, you know, I was there on the night that he was conceived. I remember my friend saying something to me like, I just feel like something happened, you know. And then, I mean, I just, I was, I, I was kind of not always in their lives, but I was, I, I have been there and watched this, 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 this person grow. And anyway, I just remember a moment. It wasn't um, this last, it wasn't this last time I visited them when I got sick. It was the time before. It was like the year before. Uh, you know, I was, I was hanging out with them and he wasn't staying there at the time, but he did come over to, I guess, get something from the attic. Anyway, you know, but it seemed like everything was okay and friendly and I was talking with my 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 friends in the living room and he walked through and I there's something about his eyes. It was like they were his eyes, but but it was like all of a sudden they didn't seem to fit like into this air, into this home. They just seemed so isolated and kind of uh alien uh let me ask you so he when he went to to court and did they did they find was he was he trying to kill 
his parents and because he knew that you were, you know, eating too that night, he, he was making the food. Was it, was he, did they find that he was trying to kill everyone? Yes. Yeah, he was. Um, even in finding that out, you know, basically from him, um, I don't know what's worse to to think if if I meant nothing or if it was specific specifically targeted because of my relationship with his parents or I don't know I don't know what to th- uh, think about it. I and I I you know I wonder did he just want some control back if he felt like his life was out of control or did he just did he get some sort of notion of you know from this from this community from this this woman he was following um you know he was following her teachings you know maybe she was maybe he didn't know how to go about being a puppet master you know or so i i don't know but i but i can't there's a tiny tiny grain of something in there that i feel like i can maybe under understand because i mean i've done things that are not similar but but had a similar goal in that I was trying to get back some some kind of feeling that I had some kind of control control of my my world because I just felt like that had uh, been you know if if it, if it ever was there it was an illusion or or I lost it I think so many different things about it at different times um, but it there's no question that it it was. Uh, hugely significant it it has it has caused me to uh want to isolate it doesn't feel wrong it feels like i'm protecting myself but that could be a complete illusion that i'm like i i just don't trust my my i just don't trust my read on things necessarily and any anymore it just seems like I just, it, it really, it just really shook me up. Is everything just kind of stable? Uh, yes and no. Often I'm just not sure if I'm losing the plot or... Is it is it foolish of me to uh, ask, you know, if, if there's a possibility of... Um, could we pick up where we uh, left off. Let me ask you this. Can you be ready to meet me at Trapper next week? Can you just, whatever's going on, can you just do that? However you can get there? No planning, no hesitation, none of that. Because I'm going. I definitely made up my mind to go before I picked up the phone and now I'm, you know, my, my conviction is total. I'm going to get on a bus on Monday. feels like it's got to be right now, somehow, finally, right now. Do you know what I mean? All the movies that year were about people with plates in their heads. Spirits from another galaxy gather in a resort town at night, taking over the townspeople, all but the man with a plate in his head. Or 
A girl with a plate in her head wanders a city beach, believing she is someone else. Evidence washes up on shore. There are sailors. Or a woman dreams of a beautiful house in which no one lives. And one day she passes the actual house. A cupola, gables, and a porch. She walks up to it, knocks on the door, and it is opened slowly by her, a woman who is a twin of herself, grinning. She has a plate in her head. Life seemed to have become like that. It had burst out of itself like a bug. Lori Moore, like life. Ape. The first night. She hadn't been there before, to those woods. It was a busy time at work, and she'd had to stand her ground to get days off. She wanted so much to be away. She wanted deep, deep quiet. So then, that morning, she drove up the dirt road and found her rental. It faced a small clearing, with a shed just beyond, and a tire swing. Just beyond that, there was a wide, beautiful porch and a sturdy wooden rocker she moved outside after unpacking a few things. She read two chapters in her book, gently rocking, to see how it felt, to see how it felt to be there. It was about explorers, her book. There were exciting possibilities. The ragged party had just come across a frozen land, fierce with ice and deep purple canyons. Later on, after she made and ate a too salty dinner on the tiny stove, she went to bed and thought she heard a creak from the tire-swing tree. She didn't look because her alarm was not yet that sure, and because she couldn't see that direction from the windows anyway. And even if she could, she knew somehow that she couldn't afford it. The feeding of the noise. The acknowledgement of it. But she did sleep and dreamed of feet and wrongly bent knees. On the second day, she sat on the porch and watched the sun trickle down through branches of trees. She could feel her shoulders and arms loose a bit. Her fingers spread wide to melt her hands. She walked along the path past the ruins of a half-built house. After a while, the brush thinned, and she could see the ledge where shallow marshes stretched out below in wide, strange islands to the sea. She could see the black buds of birds like little cloves circling over heat, and they whistled and screamed and swapped out beneath the agate bluffs. There was a cluster of white and silver rectangles down there, the writer's colony. It looked like a little Lego town. She knew a few people who had been invited there. She had not been asked. She wasn't right enough, probably, not connected. But she told herself she was happy to swap the experience, or what she pictured it to be, the bland evening meal around a polite fire pit, their vat of warm wine, 
It was better up here anyway. She was frequently lonely in her life, in her work, but could see no reasonable way around it. When she walked back, she perceived some movement off to her left, like a shape up in something, leaning out, leaning out and falling. But she didn't hear anything, not a thud or scrape or crackle of twigs. Still, she started to run. When she reached the cabin porch, she spun around to scour the tricky grass behind her, the tree line like a zipped cloak. She didn't see or hear anything strange for the rest of the day. On the third day, she felt the loosening spread to the front of her ribcage and throat. At some intangible point, she'd begun to hum, then sing to herself as she moved through the tiny cabin rooms and across the silky porch. Early evening was buzzy and clicking, with dandelion bursts of gnats and noceums and mosquitoes swirling round. And when she grew tired, she shut the door and opened all the windows with their stiff and yawning screens. But on this night, sleep was harder than she thought. There were other noises, new, eerie, metallic like the dusty mesh of the screens themselves, but lower, lacier fare. She concluded after a cruel while that she was imagining them, just running out some songs in her mind. This had happened before many times in her life. When the nights stretched long, it was easy to populate desperate hours. But this felt too real, too arrhythmic and green. Bending sticks, bursting beads. It sounded like a mirror, like her voice was caught in the bark and the grain and put back. She listened stretching her ears, afraid to move or shift all through the night. The fourth day. She kept to the house, watching out through the windows, and then went finally out to the porch. The mimic was not always near the cabin, or at least it was not always detectable around there. But each time it lobbed something back at her, some sound she had made or caused or thought, it seemed to get better at it, stronger. She didn't know where it came from or what it wanted. She was scared. She was mesmerized. And she was oddly ashamed. She was being mocked. The minutes were all shoved and blurred together. So she stood on the porch by the splintery frame of the door, she was standing, then sitting, talking and not talking, breathing and not breathing. The grasses had grown tall and tangled. Seemingly in the mere handful of days she'd been out there, it was impossible. And yet after this sliding of the world, she didn't question it. On the fifth day, it was out there in the shatter cane, 
in the brome and hair grass. God damn it, it said. It whistled, or it made a kind of whistling sound, like her. Who's there, it said. It said, you go to hell. She sat on the porch bench and tried to be flat, kept her feet flat on the dusty boards and her hands flat on the tops of her knees. There'd been a late morning burst of wind and dark sky as some organ-shaped clouds scraped over and past, raking pollen gobs from the tips and curves of She would not curl up. She had to face it. She had to put her face to it. She had to give her face to it. Take it away, she said. I can take it. Take it, came a hiss through dogtail, through the panic grass. Then a whittle chirp like a deranged bird. Out by the trailhead, toward the half-built house, toward the precious writers by the sea. She saw something. She saw a weird crown rise and sink. It said, I cannot possibly live another day without you. When she went inside, somewhere around the sixth day, and laid on the hard little bed, She took to her side and pulled her knees up like a fishhook. And she tried to become the picture of that. A lethal thing. A hidden fierce. She thought it might help, but she wasn't at all sure it would. Her nerves sparked wild. She had locked all the doors and windows and felt the scratch of the wool blanket and each and every wandered thread from her hair and the raveling sheets on her skin. She spoke to herself, and she tried to do it so quietly that it wouldn't hear. It's not real, it's not real, it's not real. This is my lie, and my horrors come round. This is life, testing its salt. The sound of its short feet in the low plants was hard to hear. It was almost stupid. Did it want her to hear? Did it even have a choice? She did hear. She heard it bent and sloughing along the knots in the cabin wall. She heard it sipping at screens. She heard it poof out air. But I love you, it said. Its gray tongue frisked, cooed like a broken bug. What do you want? What do you want? Who's there? Who's there? You're okay. You're okay. You're okay. She didn't sleep at all, but she waited as a fishhook till morning. When she heard the waking of the miles away roads and fresh sun, she knew she had to move. As she rose, every rivering nerve told her to race, to scramble. But she wouldn't, she told herself. She'd be braver than that. On that sixth day, she put her things back carefully in a bag and placed that bag by the door. She even hummed a little. Pete Seeger, Pac Bell, 
as if she didn't know, like she didn't know anything, like she was new, like the day was a shining thing. She made herself pull up the scratching, mismatched blankets and smooth them out over the bed like sand. She wiped the kitchen down, and when she went out the front door, it locked behind her. Things were moving. Things were moving and settling in the grass. At the car, she looked around it, in it, and placed her bag on the back seat. She would not panic, she told herself. She would not race. Her pulse, though, was doing its own thing. And she thought there was a chuffing sound as, or just after, she shut the door. Shh. Shh. When she got in and pushed the key into the neck of the wheel, the body of the car moved down. It shifted its weight, and she heard a smear. She turned her eyes up. It was at the window. It was leaned out and draping over the hood. And it was not... It wasn't like she thought it would be. It was so... So much worse. They stared into each other. The bird-shaped eyes gulped the glass. She realized she hadn't yet really seen it. She'd thought and imagined many things. Like an animal, maybe, or even just like her. Or that it might not even be just one form. Not shaped already, but poured and brilliant like gold. She could see it was growing now, starting to clot. They were a soft clock, screaming. Everybody's somebody's something.